From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I'm no longer sick. <laughs> no longer sick. Joey's back in the ring to yeah, take another swing. We, we took a week off. Uh, that's our first, I think, ever week off, other than like a planned month off that we took this summer. That's true. It's been a grind. But yeah, I, I, I got sick um, and I was not able to talk. <laughs> so... Yeah. So uh, that's but, not that's not good for the audio format. Yeah, you wouldn't. You just would have heard like grunting. Yeah. But um, I'm back. I'm feeling better. Back. And what are we talking about today, Joey? We are talking about uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao Miyazaki. I, I looked up how to pronounce his first name, and mm-hmm. everyone says it differently. Yeah. So Hi- Hayao Miyazaki is how I'm gonna say. I'm it. just gonna go with Miyazaki. Okay. Yeah, Miyazaki. Um, and Studio Ghibli. But Studio Ghibli and Miyazaki are a little different. We're going to talk about that. A little bit different, and maybe we should establish that ground right now. So Hayao Miyazaki is the... Director, writer, creator. Writer, director, creator, but and and is most often associated with Studio Ghibli. He also was one of the founding members of Studio Ghibli. Exactly. But there are differences. Like, as you said, there are more Studio Ghibli films than there are Hayao Miyazaki movies. Yeah. And there's also more Hayazaki movies that are... Outside of studio. That are outside of studio. I actually think all of his, I could be wrong on this. Hmm. I believe all of his feature films are studio, under Studio Ghibli. I think that's correct. But all, he has a lot of like, he he is a bunch, he's prolific. He has a bunch of mangas. He has a bunch of like television shows and stuff that are all outside of that. I'll be honest with you. uh, When we were originally going to do this, when we came up with this idea, (laughs) I was like. Three months ago. I was like, no problem. What is that? Like six or seven movies or something like that? Eleven. Right, yeah. eleven feature films, but then when I looked up his stuff, I mean, there are there are it's a huge list, yeah, of even just films like you know they could be short movies, yeah, yeah, they could be other things, but and I've got I've I just put the whole list down here because I'm like just in case we're gonna talk about these, I have nothing to say about a lot of them. Yeah. You know? So have you? So did you watch all of them in between when we decided to do this and now? No, no, no. I haven't watched all of them. From that time, but I have seen all of his feature films. How many did you have to watch to get prepared for this episode? None. Okay. <laughs> all right. Good to know. <laughs> but I had to remind myself. So what I did is I went back and I was like, okay, wait, what was, for example, uh, The Castle of Cagliostro about? Yeah, okay. Which was his first feature film in 1979. Okay. And so I was like, oh, no, I remember seeing that, but it's just been so long. So I have not seen all of his movies, and I... Could even though we've had a long time to prepare for this episode, I have not had the time to sit down and watch eleven movies. Yeah. I had seen three of them prior to this. Which which three were those? I had seen Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, and Castle in the Sky. Good ones. And then I have watched Porco Rosso uh, and hmm. Princess Mononoke. All right. Uh, since then, perfect. Just, just two. And then and I rewatched I rewatched um, Spirited Away and um, My Neighbor Totoro because I hadn't seen them in a very long time. Okay. So. Yeah, I actually watched yeah four movies for this, but yeah. So we did some of those right there. Uh, do we want to just say the list and then we yeah, can go through go, them kind of go ahead and well, we don't even have to say the list. Let's just start with his first one, and then as I as we talk about them, I'll say if I've seen it or not, and we can talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is the Castle of Cagliostro. Uh, I have no idea what this movie is even about. In 1979, I also didn't realize he went back that far. Yes. I could have swore it was in the 80s, but that's because you know that was all another one that I just remember seeing. Um, yeah, this one was, it, it's an interesting movie because I, like I said, I forgot about it. So I had to go back and kind of look what it was about. And it is just kind of this like caper sort of thing, but it mixes, it seemingly mixes a couple different genres. There's like a thief, um, a princess and like an inspector. And there's, uh, something to do with kind of, you know, infiltrating this castle. 
of Cogliostro. Cogliostro. And and I can't remember all the details of what happens, but I but when I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, I do. I remember seeing it, but I can't remember the full plot. Did you enjoy it when you saw it? I remember. Here's the thing. I remember this being, or actually, it was more like in retrospect. I was like, this is interesting because it was his first feature. And it had some elements that we would see later in some of his movies. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, it's it's the most different. It's the most, like, kind of unique because I think... He was kind of finding his voice still. Yeah, still finding his voice. And it was more like a... I seem to remember it being more like kind of a detective kind of crime sure. genre rather than the more kind of ecological, um, yeah. fantastic sort of stuff, metaphysical stuff that we'll get into yeah, a little well, bit later. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to talk about that ecological stuff. Don't yeah. you worry. <laughs> well, and and if you haven't seen Castle of Cagliostro, I don't know if there's anything else I need to say about it because we could just jump right in. Yeah, let's just go to the next one. The next one, which is Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind. Okay, so I have seen parts of this. Um, I was going to watch it when I was sick, but I was actually just, I fell asleep twice watching it. Yeah. just not And not because it's a bad movie. I was just <laughs> sick. I was not feeling well. Um, but he, it was, I really liked the themes and I saw bits and pieces of it. It seems super cool. Like the giant bugs and like this world that they created. The Omus. The Omus. Yeah. yeah. Omus. Now here's what's, here's what's weird about this. I saw this movie at my babysitter's house <laughs> when I was very young. Yeah, this is a movie you probably shouldn't have watched that young. This, but that's the thing. I didn't get it, but I remember those omus. And like later in my life, I would be like, when I saw a Miyazaki movie, I'm like, I wonder if this is the guy or Studio Ghibli was the guy that did that movie I remembered those giant bugs from yeah. when I was little. Because this was released in 1984. Yeah. I was born in 82 in January. <laughs> and so... Before I was five years old, I was at my babysitter's house. Yeah. And then up through then, because I went to preschool at her house. So I must have been like four or five years old. That's too young to watch that And movie. I remember <laughs> watching this movie. I remember the Omus. That's really, because it's a very, it's a dark movie. It is, but it, it's it's so good, though. I've heard it's like one of his best movies. It's really good. Um, I really enjoyed like the like bits and pieces I saw of it. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy kind of that aesthetic of like fly, like this weird like kind of weird like quasi organic flying machines that they yes. had going on yes. and like this total like what okay i'm just gonna get into it now yeah. whatever the whole man versus nature is not a thing in these his movies it's man and nature which well, is such a nice refreshing take it is but here's the thing that is different like it's it's that, but they, the dichotomy is like the evil people are always the man versus nature, mm-hmm. like the extractions or the destruction of, of the natural order, yeah. so to speak. And then the heroes are always kind of like ecologically conscious yeah. and they're like, no, we need to save the forest. Um, and this is the first movie where we really get that in Miyazaki. And mm-hmm. I think that's Also, what... it's his first, one of his big like themes is a female lead. Exactly. That's where I was going next. And so, yeah, strong female lead characters connected with nature, um, you know, fighting against this sort of thing. And the Omus are, in fact, are these like beasts that they get awakened by some of the destruction or extraction that's happening, right? And so she has to calm them down. I remember like they have all these eyes. They look like giant. um, Like kind of like beetles. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, beetles because they have like the legs and they're kind of crawling, but they're huge. Giant. And they, and they have like armadillo like yeah. scales. But the then, way that they move is very cool. But then they also have bunches of eyes yeah. all over the front of them. 
and their eyes turn like red when they're mad. And so then they go on this big like rampage and the female lead has to calm them down. Mm-hmm. I remember all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool movie. Very cool. Movie. Yeah, I've heard it's very unique. Too. Yeah. Really good. Well, and I think that's another thing. And we'll, we'll, let's get, let's talk about the next movie a little bit and then we'll yep. talk about my next point. Yeah. So the next movie is Castle in the Sky. This is 1986. So two years later. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen this either. Yeah, I remember this one. This is actually, so my wife really liked this one as well as there's like, well, she likes all of them. We like all of them, actually, <laughs> I have to say. Um, the interest- Alexa fell asleep during Spirited Away, which is the only one she's seen. Oh, really? Yeah, she's like, yeah. I don't like cartoons. <laughs> oh, man. And yeah. that's my point I want to talk about, but we'll talk about that in a second. All right. Well, anyway, so Castle in the Sky, uh, you know, it's it has similar things. So, um, it, you know, what's funny is like, I just remember as I, well, it was, I'm just going to say it. When I went back and watched the trailer for this, mm-hmm. um, to refresh my memory again, they had the English dubbing, the English dubbed version yeah. there, and James Vanderbeek provides the the male character's voice. Really? Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, James Vanderbeek doing some voices. <laughs> Nicely done. I have some stuff to say about subbing and dubbing, but I will wait until we get to a movie that I've seen to talk, bring that up. But what I do okay. want to bring up now, because you brought up that point, is that cartoons like that's what like these movies are seen as is cartoons I think by a lot of people and I think that that would be a mistake it would be a mistake I think a lot of these movies are very adult I, I hope that I would like to think that our esteemed listeners of the residual culture podcast are so enlightened so as not to dismiss Miyazaki movies as mere cartoons I'm looking at you dad Oh, sorry. Was that a shot at your dad and I didn't even realize no, it? No, I'm, I'm taking a shot at my dad oh, right now. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think like my family, for example, uh, they're, they're not, they're, they're more dismissive of these movies than I think. But also I will say they've never really like had the opportunity to watch them. I think we did watch Spirited Away with my family as a kid. And also my family sure. does like My Neighbor Totoro. But they were also like, that was a great movie for when you were five. Yeah. I was like, that's a great movie now. <laughs> well, it, I think this is one of the things that's really nice about uh miyazaki movies is that again like we talked about in our pixar episode the movies have something in there for everybody but they're also really good for kids because they provide this alternative right yeah yeah. because it's like it's no longer that it's just you know it's they still have this kind of good versus evil but Mm -hmm. like what characterizes good versus evil and like teaching sort of a respect for nature for sure and you know uh ecology the environment etc etc natural resources the way of the world all that i think is really powerful and is different yeah i i I agree um so castle in the sky did you like it uh, I did, but it's actually not one of my favorites. It's sort of, I mean, I, if I had, we're not rank ordering them, but I think that it's 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 not in my top three or five. Even. Okay, sure. Um, I, I I'm just doing this on the spot. I didn't rank order them, yeah. but yeah, it's not one of my favorites. I've got a top five. That's only because I've seen five. Okay, very good. <laughs> um, well, the next one though is very good. It is my neighbor Totoro. Okay, I can talk about this one. All right, hey. this, this is 1988. Yeah, so I grew up with this movie actually. Like my, I don't know how or where my parents found it, but they they showed me this like very young, and I watched it a lot when I was like very very young. Yeah. Um, and I think it did have kind of an interesting impact, and I don't think like my brother. I actually brought it up to my brother, and he was like, "Oh yeah," he's like the the old lady in that movie scared me a lot. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, she's kind of creepy," but um, I think it also. Although that old lady, that kind of animation style of the old lady will appear again. Yeah, too, yeah, right? when, you, yeah. when we get to uh, Spirit Away and stuff yep, like that. Yep. But um, 
My Neighbor Totoro, I think, is like a lot of people. If you, it's not that, it's Spirited Away that people have seen of of Miyazaki. Yeah, those are like his two most popular movies here in America. Well, and I I don't know where I don't know if it started with Studio Ghibli or not, but I have also seen just at random. So I've seen tattoos of Totoro. Oh yeah, people are on super on people's into bodies. I've seen backpacks of yep. Totoro. So Totoro, I think, has been like merchandised. He well, he's like he's like Pikachu or or exactly. whatever else. You know, he is a very uh, enjoyable character, and it sort of symbolizes some sort of uh, cultural capital. But it's yeah. also like cute. Uh, well, it's you know. definitely like those. Yeah, and oh, I, this is something else I wanted to bring up before we even started talking about this. Is I I don't. I'm not really that well versed in anime. I don't really Me particularly either. like it at all. <laughs> I mean, like there are some that I have enjoyed, but I've seen like the big ones that are like super popular. But okay. for the most part, I it's not something that I actively watch. Um, Me so, either. Yeah, I do like like cartoons, but usually like Ameri- like Bob's Burgers and Archer and, and BoJack Horseman and stuff like that. Not not anime. Yeah, totally different than Miyazaki. Oh, one hundred percent. Right. Way yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the other thing I remember from my neighbor. So my neighbor Totoro is basically, if I remember correctly, right? This is where the the girl kind of goes into the forest. Yeah, the little and then yeah. starts to There's encounter the two, the sisters. Two, yeah, the two sisters. That's right. Yeah. Um, and and to- I mean Totoro is the spirit of the forest. Exactly, Totoro is the spirit of the forest. Very large. He's a very large, right, fat, like sort of innocent bear. Yes, exactly. But the other thing I remember is the cat bus. The cat, yes, <laughs> the weird cat bus, and everyone's like, "What?" You know, it, this? there's this, also like mini Totoros everywhere. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out there because uh, there's this run of short animated movies that Miyazaki does later, mm-hmm. like after Spirited Away, but one is called uh, Mai, so M E I or May. Okay, May and the Kitten Bus. <laughs> It's got a thing with cat buses. It's got a thing with cat buses. I don't know. It's interesting, man. He's like like seeing the spirits, you know? Basically, like it's like Tarantino and feet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what it is with the cat buses. Miyazaki and cat buses. It's like our friend Phil and the long dog. Oh, long dog. Long dog. You may be hearing from again soon. I don't know. I don't Uh know if I should be saying that. Uh (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so anyways, the cat bus, Totoro, really... and, And also, again... Still this ecological message. Exactly. And not only that, but but adding a dimension of spirituality well, to it. Well, and so right? this is where my uh, – I have a lot to say here. So a couple of years ago, I read a book on Shintoism. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shinto is a very, very interesting religion um, in that it – sorry, someone, I thought someone was knocking on the door. They're not – No, there's somebody passing through the other door. Ah, there, okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, Shintoism is a very interesting religion because – like I said earlier, like a lot of times, especially in Western culture, we see it as man versus nature. I mean, I think like, you know, like you look at manifest destiny, you look at like even in the Bible, it's it's like, you know, we saw land and God said, this is all yours to sow or what. I don't know the exact. Yeah, but phrasing. it's all, but to your point, it, it's that that uh, nature is something to be conquered. Yeah, right. In to, be, to be society. made to to bend to one's will. It is it is for our benefit. Exactly. And that's not how Shintoism sees it at all. And I really appreciate the way that they that they kind of look at it. Um, and so yeah, I read this. As a, it was like my freshman year, I think, of college. I read this book. Um, mm. and, and and they they see a lot of things as um, uh, I guess spirits. And we're gonna talk. I mean, spirits are definitely a reoccurring theme. But I I think that Miyazaki was heavily heavily influenced in all of his movies by Shintoism. At least all the ones that I've seen. Um, like I said, very ecological message. Um, they believe in these spirits and, and, and you look at Totoro and you, at the beginning of the movie, there are these, these dust spirits 
And I think a lot of times, again, from a Western perspective, you think of spirits, you think of ghosts, you think of being scared of them. But in I mean, the grandma even says in Totoro, like, oh, the, those are just d- d- dust spirits. Don't worry about them. If you're good people, they're not going to harm you. Um, yeah. And I think that that's like a very interesting like perspective. Like if this is an American movie and they were like, oh, they're spirits. And the person was like, oh, they're good. Don't worry. Like we're tearing this house down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's time to go. Can't, can't have any ghosts in here. Yeah. You know? And so and the, the family kind of just accepts it. There's a lot of um, like shrines. And this is all it's, it's very it's, it's it, I think it's almost an exclusively Japanese religion. I think so. Yeah. Um, I could I'm not be, an expert. But I, 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 me neither. I, I could be wrong. Um but yeah, they also believe in like um, oh, kami. I think they're called like mm. those smaller spirits. And you, we'll we'll come back to that when we talk about Princess Mononoke. Mononoke. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, Totoro is like a prime example of one of many spirits that kind of exist in Shinto religion. And Shinto mm-hmm. doesn't have like, I mean, you know how um, Hinduism has like a thousand gods or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shinto is it's. Everyone, there's, there's just spirits. It's not like there is a spirit of the forest. I mean, there is a spirit of the forest, but every forest has its own spirit. Every tree has its own spirit. Um, sure. And so everything is kind of meant to exist in the symbiosis mm-hmm. um, kind of state. So anyway, that's my whole thing on Shintoism. We can talk about it more later. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. But Totoro, I think, is a great example of it. Yeah. And so next on the list is we go to Kiki's Delivery Service. Okay. Which also is on, I would say... If I had to guess, I haven't spoken with her uh, directly about this, but is on my wife's list of her favorite one of some one of her favorite Miyazaki movies. My wife, <laughs> my wife. Yes, we don't need Sorry. to do. Yes, we don't need to do some Borat. But Bor- um, yeah, so this is about. So we kind of move from spirituality to magic and witches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I don't remember a lot about Kiki's Delivery Service, but I haven't seen it. But everyone that I know that's seen it really likes this movie. Yeah, like it is. It's very. It's another. I remember it being very charming, very fun, but probably not on my list of my favorite Miyazaki movies. So here's actually an interesting thing. The only friends of mine that have seen this are also friends that do are really into anime. Okay. So may, I don't know. I have I, I haven't seen it, but maybe this movie, for whatever reason, tends to appeal to people that like anime more than people that don't. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't have too. Unfortunately, I don't have too much more to say about Kiki's Delivery Service. Okay. So, sorry yeah. for Kiki's fans out there. Yeah. Um, but the, that was in 1989, and then in 1992 was Porco Rosso. All right, I have a lot to say about Porco Rosso, actually. Because you just watched it recently, I just right? watched it. And this was one that I had not seen, but um, it was, gosh, probably like two winters ago Yeah. when my wife and I went back and we just watched a lot of Miyazaki. We did this whole kind of like marathon during the winter break. Sure. And it was marvelous. Yeah. It was so It was so much fun. Um, so yeah, we watched it at that point. And here, all I'll say is that this we're dealing kind of with what, like World War One, World War Two, sort of. It's yeah, like it, it's 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 between world. It's not World War Two. It's after. It's right after World War One. That's right, because he there's kind of a destabilized. Um, uh, what's the sea? Uh, Adriatic Sea area. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah, and has this kind of cool vibe of. Um, I mean, it I, does I just have remember, a really cool vibe. Like Porco Rosso is like the He's, cool pilot guy, oh, right? Oh God. Okay, so a weird movie to compare it to. Evoked the same sense of place that um, "Call Me by Your Name" evoked. <laughs> "Call Me by Your Name," the movie Stra- yeah, that's from last strange... last year that about uh, a, a gay boy coming to like understanding his sexuality. Yeah, in um, Argentina? No, in in Italy. Oh, and Italy. That's why in Italy they're oh, okay. both so Italian, and I love it. 
Okay. And, uh, and maybe it has to do with also like one of my closest friends is from Rome and we went back and visited after I graduated high school. And so I have this nice sense of Italy as well. But but um, Porco Rosso has like such a good sense of place. You just you feel like it's just like the peak, like the Adriatic Sea and like all of these small islands in the yeah. summertime. And you just feel like you're in Italy and it's just beautiful. And you just mm. you just want to be there. Um, unfortunately, this movie's not very good. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's funny you mention that because as you're saying that, I was thinking, you know, this was actually better. And I was looking down the list too, thinking of like I was trying. To, I'm still trying to do this rank order. I don't know why. Yeah, Maybe it's because yeah. of the format of our show, but um, I keep thinking of it. And it's not at the bottom, but it's not it's, in the top. It's probably the worst one that I've seen. Really? We, I've only seen five, and I've seen like the best ones. I think, okay. So. All right. Well, I'll tell you about a one that's really bad. Um, but so so yeah, Porco Rosso is not very good, and I'll tell you why. And I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. So if you haven't seen Porco Rosso, maybe go watch it. And he, okay, the movie is awesome, mm-hmm. and then the ending is terrible. Oh, uh, okay. When you're okay, the whole movie is like these really cool custom planes that have been kind of like retrofitted to race and to like smuggle things. Yeah. And like they're, they're always like the, the main character is a pig, which is supposed to represent like war turns men into pigs, so it's post World yeah. War One. Yeah. Um, which is a really cool message. Um, but like they've got, he's got this sweet plane and like they even show like the interior and like how like he's moving every single lever and like priming the engine and you're like, this is sweet. And it's gearing you up. Like there's just going to be this big battle. Like this, not this battle, like dogfight between like this American guy who's a total jerk and Porco Rosso. He's like a warmonger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's, he's literally, um, he's from Texas and he like, that's right. Yeah. Um, Another thing I want to say is I watch I watch all of these movies dubbed because I read really slowly and also my TV is really far away from me, okay. so it's really hard for me to actually read okay. subtitles. Like it's genuinely difficult. I have to wear my glasses and I don't like to wear them when I'm like lying in bed watching TV. Sure. <laughs> um, so I have to watch them dubbed. The dubbing in this movie is god awful. It is so <laughs> the, yeah. So, it's yeah. so bad. I want to pull up a clip uh, when we go to um, when we go to break, and I'll play it for you, and you can just okay. You can just bask in the horribleness that is this is one one specific voice actor. Okay. Um, the like one of the bad guys, but I actually pref- I, I usually prefer to watch subtitles. Everyone does, except for me, because I'm a baby. But that's but there are some that are not done that bad. So for ex- I mean, we don't have to get we'll not jump ahead, but I actually don't think, for example, like Prince, Princess Mononoke was that bad. Yeah, Princess Mononoke was good. Also, I mean, Liam Neeson was one of the main guys yeah, in Ponyo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, right. and Tina Fey was also in Ponyo. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like a bunch of famous people. Yep, good voice actors. Um, but anyway, so Porco Rosso, it leads up to this, um, like, you're getting ready for this sweet dog fight. Happens for about 30 seconds, and then they get out of the planes, and they have a boxing match. And you're just like, no. <laughs> you're like, no! I just wanted to see the planes fight. Because that's how disputes were had- handled back in the oh, world, It know? was so frustrating. <laughs> I was so heartbroken. I was just like, are you kidding me? Uh, that's how you're gonna like, it's you're, like very Hemingway in, in uh, some way like I'm just gonna box this guy yeah you know? like they they're like no we're not gonna have a we're not gonna have a plane battle see that's the thing I, I remember it kind of being this stylized it's you know really 19, stylized. 1920s you know smuggler plane sort of uh, thing it could have been so much more it had so much potential and I just feel like it just didn't live up to it I just wanted it to be mm. a, a TV series 
feel like it would have way way better as a TV series. But anyway. But see, this one this one also stands out a little bit because it's about. I it's mean, unique. Like war will come back. I think in others, right? But well, and we we can talk about war a lot too because we'll bring that up that's, in, later. Yeah, but that also it that's certainly a theme. But but I don't know if another one specifically focuses on this like historical moment of war yeah, yeah. in the same way. Maybe I'm wrong. And and, but... and, and, and I think like the. The places and the, like the society is made up, but you could, it's clearly referential and sure. kind of like the the unstable state of like that area of the world after World War One, right? Which then led into obviously World War Two, where you ended yes. up having uh, 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 what's his name, uh, uh, the head of Italy, the bad guy. Oh, Mussolini. Yeah, Mussolini. I, couldn't remember. I was like, what, where are you yeah. going with that? Mussolini. Which, which one? Yes. Yeah, Mus- yeah that way. Franco, one? Mussolini, Hitler. Yes, yeah, yeah. all bad. Yes. Mussolini. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I also want to say this has one of Miyazaki's other like big uh, motifs throughout all of his films, which is mm. like aeronautics. I, that's, I was just going to say that. Yep. Do you know yeah. why? Um, why? His father was an aerospace engineer um, and designed okay. the, the tale of the, the Japanese Zero in World War II. He would design. He was one of the designers on the Zero. This, uh, okay, no, I'm pausing because this may may soften my critique of another movie. Of another later movie. I know you don't I like because, one of the movies yeah, we're talk and, about later. and because only because I'm, I think I'll comment on it later. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just get to remind, it. I knew, remind me. I later. knew that was going to change um, your mind. Also. Um, when I found that out, it kind of made me appreciate Porco Rosso a little bit more. My dad is also an aerospace engineer. Mm. My dad's coming up a lot in this episode. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, and so I've kind of grown up with planes. Um, he has also designed parts on planes, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and so um, when, whenever I get a chance to watch a movie about airplanes, I usually do. And I really appreciate the like detail that he goes into for, yeah. for, this, for these kind of movies. So Yeah, and it is cool. And there's this kind of like glorification of... Not just um, the, glo- the early days of aeros- yeah, aeronautics and, and like engineering specifically, yeah. right? And he he does get really into it. And actually, the animation is really nice too. In in mm-hmm. um yeah. in in that regard, more to say on that later. Yes, let's jump anyway, into the next Porco run. Rosa. Yeah. Let's jump into the next run of movies, which I th- actually think is the like the peak. cream of the crop. Yeah, we're talking about Princess Mononoke yep. in 1997, Spirited Away in 2001. And Howl's Moving Castle in 2004. Sweet. All right, let's get into it. Spir- Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. I have a lot to say about this, too. Tell me about right, it. So I just watched this one. Yep. When I first finished it, I was kind of disappointed. Uh, what is wrong with you? Okay, here's why. Like, again, it was an amazing movie, and I just felt like the ending didn't quite, like, hit it home as much as I wanted it to. Spoiler alert, we, we have to talk about this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Tell, so what what was your problem with the ending? Tell tell the ending. So, Let's just do it. Uh, I was kind of upset that they like killed the forest spirit. And like that's okay. I'm okay with that. But then like everything was okay even though like they killed the like heart of the forest. So Princess Mononoke starts out this demon is attacking this village. This boy gets his arm touched by the demon but he ends up killing the demon. He then gets banished from his village because he is tainted by evil Mm -hmm. he goes on this journey to figure out how to fix his arm because it's eventually going to kill him Mm -hmm. he comes across this town called iron town run by um ex-prostitutes and this one kind of matriarch as Mm -hmm. well as lepers um and so it's interesting and and like at this point in the movie i'm like this is awesome you're really like you can tell that these are like supposed to be the bad guys but like also she's a good person she's helping lepers she is but she's also created gunpowder she's shooting like wolf spirits they're the outcasts 
They're the outcasts. It's very yeah. interesting, but they're destroying the forest because they don't care about the balance of like man and nature, like Shintoism like mm-hmm. encourages. Um, and so like she kind of becomes the bad guy, but like you understand kind of you feel for the bad guy. And I think it's so hard to do for so many movies is to feel for the bad guy. And sure. also the good guys you can't always defend. They're not always right. doing things that are just. And so at this point in the movie, I'm all about it. And then like at the very end. Well, like, wait, hold on. Then because I remember I this is what I forgot. Because when I went back to watch Princess Mononoke, I was thinking this would be a good one to show to my son when he was young. And I didn't get a chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I didn't get a chance. And then I went back and rewatched it. And I remember like the first pursuit scene, yeah. like some dude gets decapitated. Yes. And then the movie kind of takes off. Like that's a that's a turning point. You're this, like, oh, that is, just happened. This is definitely like his most dark movie. Yeah. This is yeah. his darkest movie. So what was that? That was the infected boar, that chase? Or when were they being chased? Oh, no. In, so um, after he's he leaves. So, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the prince who is the main okay. character. Yep. Which With is the funny. infected arm. With the infected arm. Yeah. So after he's like outcast from his village, mm-hmm. um, he comes across a group of samurai, like literally just slaughtering a village. That's right. And they show it. They like show an yeah. old lady get impaled through the chest with a spear. Yes. And then he like, because he has this like demon arm, he's also like super strong now. So it yeah. like like sniper arrowed this dude like through the neck and takes his head off. Oh, that's right from an arrow. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, cool. he takes, it, oh, he also shoots his other dude's legs like off. Yeah. And he just like falls to the ground and is just screaming. Yeah, because he's like battling this uh, infected arm. Yeah, and, and like, okay. and that's and like that's I think trying to show you the demon is kind of taking over a little bit. And, yes. Like, it's just perpetuating killing rage and killing and yeah. everything else exactly okay who's princess mononoke <laughs> she is a really interesting character she's awesome she's cool yeah she's awesome she's, she's like this badass cool. like like ninja girl who yeah. is raised by wolves wolf and, lady yeah. yeah and but like she doesn't she does know that she's human but i don't think she really gets it because like the humans and animals in this world the animals all speak yep and humans and animals are just totally different they don't get along Right. But for whatever reason, the wolf clan took in Princess Mononoke when she was a baby. She was orphaned, I believe. Really big wolves. Yeah, like, yeah, like. With two tails. Imagine, uh, do they have two right? tails? I think so. They might. No? I don't know. I'm not sure. That sounds like a Naruto I, I thing. seem to remember that, but I could be wrong. Uh, I just didn't notice the tails. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, imagine the dire wolves from uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Like, they're huge. Um, and so, yeah, she's super cool. Um, but also another thing I wanted to say, there's like different human factions Yes. and they're warring as well as the forest and there's different and, factions in the forest. And that's, but in, and the point is right. Basically that conflict, all this conflict is what's destructive. Exactly. So and I was going to say, you know how I said it? I'm sorry. I know. So I, good. I know I'm talking so much here. No, this is a good one to talk about. Yeah. Cause I actually think this is certainly in my top three. I would say that this is his, my number two. It might be. I know we're ranking, it, but whatever. It, whatever. It's 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 one of my favorites. It's either one or two for me. So I, you know how I started this with saying when I first finished it, I wasn't sure about it. Yep. I have since come around to it. Okay. But when I first finished it, the ending is not as satisfying as you want it to be. But that's okay, I think, because, because of the like, like the depth and the layers that this movie goes to. Yeah, and so the spirit of the forest is this magnificent creature. He's kind of weird looking. It's weird looking, but it's... It, it's like, kind of I like rem- the first time you see it, you kind of laugh. 
<laughs> Only because it's a bit ridiculous. It is a little bit ridiculous, but then I just remember like the kind of reveal scene is really yes. It's just very well done. Like it's lit very well. It's animated, cool, and then it just kind of turns and you mm-hmm. see its head. Or it's, it's with like a antlers. weird like human face. Yeah, it's but it's like a baby. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. It's not like a baby, but it is. Well, okay. So what it, do you want to talk a little bit more about the resolution or what? Like yeah, the I guess I'm, Spirit of the Forest is eventually killed. Killed, and that kind of leads to like the forest coming back to life. Yeah. And I don't like that because it's kind of just a cop out. Like I feel like if you kill the like the spirit of the forest, like they've at this point in the movie like the whole like all of these different warring clans within the forest have been killed. The yeah. only people that are like no one's left alive in the forest. And then they're like, "Well, the forest spirit is killed." And I think like it would have been a really impactful message if they were like look at the destruction that like humanity's conflicts and greed has caused. But instead, they're like, reset. No, I think it's the opposite. I think they say, look at the destruction that they caused themselves as well as upon the forest. But you know what? After Even after all of us are gone, the earth will live on. And that's, you know what I mean? and that's, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I, I've come around to it because I kind of th- realized that later. But I still, I don't know. I just wanted something more satisfying. I guess I wanted I wanted the the evil prostitute lady who wasn't actually that bad to like get killed or or even like the other guy who was working for the king like the weird like monk dude. Oh oh. Who was like yeah. manipulating yeah, yeah, the yeah. samurai faction That's and right. the Iron Town faction, and then he had his own warriors. I wanted like him to get killed or something, but no, like everyone's fine. <laughs> and like it's weird because the reason I don't like that is because like there are clearly like he is clearly the. The villain, like he has no redeeming qualities, that guy, um, and he has like a army with him, and they are clearly like there's no like good side to them, like there mm-hmm. are with the samurai, and like there are with Iron Town, mm-hmm. um, but like you see people get murdered, like the samurai, and like people in Iron Town, like brutally, but then at the end of the movie, no one gets killed, <laughs> and like you're just, you're just like okay, everyone's like gonna forgive each other now, and that kind of bothered me. Okay. Well, so. point point taken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really solid movie, though. It's so good. So good. <laughs> it's. Um, and I think you can tell just by the level of com- like. I was blown away when I watched this. I was so because not you had not this. seen it, right? And I said, "Oh, you should watch." Yeah. You know, because yeah. I, I think you asked me, "You're like, all right, if I haven't seen a lot, what should I watch?" And I just said, "Have you seen Princess Mononoke?" And so you watched it. it it's. It's it's a, it has changed my outlook on things, and that is mm. a. I, like that's the that's highest. Strong. That yeah. is the highest praise. That's I can strong give a movie. praise. Strong praise for sure. Um, so go watch that movie. Good man. I'm glad you watched it. Yeah, I'm glad I want to talk about it more, but we got other movies to get. We to. got other ones like Spirited Away. Your number one. Yeah, probably my number one. And you I think, think it's, I, th- it could be Princess Mononoke. Okay. But Spirited Away, I rewatched it. It's just freaking gorgeous. It's really nice. Oh, it's so good looking. Yeah. And again, now we're dealing with uh, spirits that are sort of mm-hmm. uh, every like everywhere, but. Yeah. The worst yeah. part about this movie is that there's no cat bus, but <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No cat bus. Um, I, I I watched this movie with my family when I was a kid. This is the other mm-hmm. movie that um, and it kind of stuck with me just because it is so different than anything I had seen as a kid. And I think it yeah. really, I think it was like my gateway drug into every other animated like thing. A different, yeah. It's a different. It's a different style. It's a different culture. And I think that's important for kids to see, especially like at the age that I was when I saw this was like nine. And if I, if I can just take that and just run with it for a second, I think that that is one of the things that is really great about Miyazaki is that, um, it is, it's this nice, um, 
Yeah, it's not even an introduction, but just kind of this like it's almost like an intro, a good introduction to like foreign films. It's for like it's an accessible exactly. It's accessible, but it's different. And you know, you kind of learn lessons about different ways of viewing the world through watching Miyazaki movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying it's the only way, but like because they're animated, there's something kind of um, universally uh, accessible about the animated form. And instead of being just like shock humor or yeah or you know classic sort of the um, nut job too even nuttier <laughs> even nuttier Shrek uh, eight yeah you know and, and, and although Shrek's a fantastic and it, it just doesn't reinforce those kind of like played out stereotypes sure, that you'll get in other movies very different messages yeah you're getting. because I I felt the same way and I think that Princess Mononoke was the one for me oh same that did did that, that, that oh well did that for me. Well, and no. maybe maybe not even when I realized it, but maybe wa- even watching Nausicaa Valley of the Wind when I was like Kid. four or five, you know what I mean? Yeah. I probably got something there. I'm like, what is this? Well, I think maybe also Princess Mononoke was kind of like a revitalization in my brain of like mm. that, like something I had kind of forgotten. It was like, oh, I've forgotten about this. This is nice. This is so refreshing. And you know what? I think that's the feeling I got uh, when we went back those like two winters ago to rewatch this whole series i was like man i just it just like warmed the heart you know yeah i I was winter and i remember you know we would just like open a bottle of wine and watch miyazaki and i'm like this is great (laughs) this is great i'm loving this right now anyway spirit away yeah really good um very good i don't it's gorgeous it's a very interesting movie um and it definitely has interesting themes that you don't get in western films Mm -hmm. um like i said the spirits and kind of this there's this evil witch, which is where we talked about, like, also it comes back in Howl's Moving Castle. Yes. The witch again. Yep. Um, and it has all of these kind of elements. That, a very fantastical movie. And I think that this yep. is the, by far, uh, this is an IMB, I, IMDB. IMDB's top 250 movies of all time. Hmm. It's like number like 90. It's it's up there. Huh. Um, but it's definitely the most accessible, I think, and it would appeal most to Western audiences. Yeah, and this one does not have, if I remember cor- correctly, this does certainly does not have the kind of hardened uh, or like violence or anything that that Princess Mononoke had. No, it's not right? much violence. It's about it's so, a very innocent young girl whose parents get turned into pigs. Right. That's what. So there's this kind of. I remember the kind of crawling spirits or whatever that engulf yeah. things. Um, but that's the other reason I think that this one is usually the film that is like the gateway mm-hmm. for a lot of people because it's. I, you know, whereas Princess Mononoke was like a probably a PG thirteen movie. Oh, I don't know. You know, they even had PG thirteen back if then. I, if I had, well, they did, but uh, if I think PG thirteen was like a relatively recent thing. Yeah, but they certainly had it in the nineties. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, uh, in fact, I think it was in the seventies that they developed PG thirteen. Really, like late seventies. Interesting. Um, so, anyways, the point is, uh, Spirited Away though is is like more on the G level. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? It's like it's like general audiences. And oh, there it, are some disturbing <clears throat> scenes. For there sure. are, but I still think that it would get by. Yeah. 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 PG, I mean, like, PG at the at most. Yeah. I mean, like the the witch is kind of creepy. But you know, yeah. There's also there's a spirit that eats people. Yeah, but even like if I go back and watch like Pinocchio, like the, you know, <laughs> there's true. like That's true. there's like drinking cigar smoking, yeah, you know, yeah. dudes in a in a kind of in pink elephants, man. Like what? What? <laughs> Anyways. The yeah. point is, Spirited Away, really good. I don't know what else to... It's hard to talk about Spirited Away. I, I feel like everyone's seen it. <laughs> I don't know if they have, but I, I think that if you haven't, you it's I, it, it gets the official Residual Culture Podcast recommendation. For sure. 
For sure. We should get like And a like stamp. I said, this run of movies, like What's the next one after next this? Next one is Howl's Moving Castle. Okay, so Howl's Moving Castle is one that I saw a while ago and, and don't remember super well. And I don't remember super well either, but I do remember that this is also up there. Like because This is it's good, mm-hmm. but I remember again I was not blown away with by this movie like I was with yeah. Spirited Away when I was a kid or with Princess Mononoke. I think days. this I think the thing that got me with this one is just like I don't know, like every one of his movies there's some degree of creativity obviously, but like the creativity in these kind of like moving houses or moving It castles, is a beautiful it's like, movie. Yeah, just like really interesting Steam, to look at. Steampunky. Yeah, very steampunky. Yeah, yeah. very steampunky. Also Another thing I've noticed is like a lot of the times when his movies are named after a character, it's not the main character. Like Princess Mononoke is not the main character in Princess Mononoke. She's a very, very, very important character, but I would say that the prince is the main character in that movie. Maybe. I don't know. She's not in it very much. I just I, I just watched it. Yeah. She's not in the movie Yeah, a whole I know, lot. but I, I I don't but I think she's kind of the main you know, like she's the draw, right? Like this guy sort of encounters her. Yeah, but the, but he's also the one that's trying to bring peace. She's just like an angry forest person. Yeah, but she also provides that sort of bridge, right? To try I, and change his perspective. Well, he he never had it. His perspective maintains is maintains uh, the same throughout the movie. But that's what I mean. Like, But his perspective... We're going back to Mononoke again. <laughs> but like, his perspective is really just one of survival or like basically, he's right? Pretty, he's pretty much like, I'm the peace bringer throughout the entire movie. Like almost exclusively. Yeah, I remember him yelling a lot. She yells a lot. She also does. She's angry. She's an angry girl. But then she 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 softens up a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, she's she's of nature, man. She's yeah. wild. You know? uh, uh, anyway, back to Howl's Moving Castle. Howl yeah. also not the main character. That I think is true. Yeah, he's like just the dude with the castle. Yeah, but like there's like the girl who turns into the old lady is like the main. That's right. Character. Yeah. And I do, I remember liking this one too, but again, I can't remember a lot this, of details here. So the, this like beautiful girl turns into this, turns into a witch basically. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the, and then how, and she ends up having to like work for Howell and then like his like man, his uh like overseer who is a flame. Oh yeah, he's that like, I remember. He's yeah, like yeah. this kind of vulgar like flame spirit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's always Did you like, watch the dubbed version? Because yeah, who yeah, did yeah. the voice of that? I feel like it was- Oh, like, it was someone, it, yeah, it might've been like- um. <laughs> Probably, uh, who's the guy from Isn't Always Sunny like... in Philadelphia? The old guy. <laughs> oh, Danny DeVito? <laughs> I feel like it was Danny DeVito. I thought it was like Gilbert Godfrey. It's no, it's not Gilbert Godfrey. Like, yeah, I thought, ah, what's going on? <laughs> we'll, we'll look it up during the break and then we'll come back. All it right. might have been Gilbert Godfrey. It might have been, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Anyways, all right, well. I... House of Castle is also really good. Yeah. Um, very fantastical. I would say much more in like yes. the realm of like magic and like witches and wizards yep. and stuff. Um, yep. I would say this is maybe his furthest away from, like, at least the ones that I've seen from, well, Porco Rosso also, but, like, from Shintoism in terms of, like, man and nature. Like, there is a, mm-hmm. there is definitely a theme there, but it's not as prevalent as other his other movies. Yeah. I, it's more of a, like, a princess story. Uh, what do you call it? What, what, what's, uh, Cinderella. It's a very Cinderella story. Yeah, that, that. Um, that is true. I also think, though, that this one is probably the most closely related to Castle of Cagliostro okay. as well, his earlier one. But whereas, excuse me, whereas the the narrative in Castle of Cagliostro was more kind of like caper-ish, mm-hmm. uh, this one is much more, like you said, on the... It's, a very, it's, on, it's, it's basically anime Cinderella yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways, I would say. Yeah. But it's really good. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, after right. Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> after Howl's Moving Castle, then we just move on to Ponyo. Uh, so this was heavily advertised in the United States. It was. It was also produced partly by Disney. Disney, yep. I remember so that's why we got Liam crossover. Neeson, we got Tina Fey, you got Betty White, you got, um, you know, you got all these big name actors voice dubbing the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have not seen it, and I've heard it's pretty good <laughs> i saw it but i just this was not for me and i think it was more of a generational it's thing. a kid it's, it's a, a kid's is, movie this is one of the it's, movies where it's not like this yeah. is a cartoon yeah <laughs> and it's, it's a cartoon for kids it's a cartoon for kids it's very sweet it's very enduring but it, you know kind of dealing with marine life so one of that. one of my girlfriend's good friends is like a huge miyazaki fan okay. and his favorite movie is ponyo really yeah i would be curious to know i wonder if that's generational yeah. Like if that was the first, if it was just one that kind of, like we were talking about with like Mononoke and Spirited Away, mm-hmm. if it was like the gateway, or if or if you know after seeing all of them, he said he's, he's seen still all of just, them. I would assume if he's yeah. a big Miyazaki fan, yeah. but I would he has just a tattoo of Ponyo, I believe. That's interesting. So he's he's like I haven't it. seen a Ponyo tattoo. I've he, seen maybe maybe it's a Totoro tattoo. I've seen Totoro for sure on okay. notebooks and uh, uh, tattoos. Uh, uh, I can and ask him. Else. I can ask. Him. All right, but yeah. So, so yeah, in here I don't like I it's said. It's a kids movie. I don't have much to say about. I haven't Ponyo. seen it. I heard it's good. I just remember the the call of Ponyo, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was just the thing, like little girl going out and like Ponyo and yelling for Ponyo in the pond. I just want to listen to Liam Neeson, man. I love right. Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, he's got a good voice. Um, and then we come to uh, the last one, which is the wind also or the wind rises. Now, people love this movie. You don't like this movie. I didn't like it. <laughs> you don't like it. Here's the thing. The central driving force of this movie is all about engineering. I'm and, all about that. And he wrote, he, he actually wrote this um, based on another Japanese engineer, the yeah. life of this young Japanese engineer who also worked on these planes. And he, it, it's just a romantic, it's like a, what, it's like a love poem to upper middle class engineers. <laughs> and I guess, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And But here's where your comments earlier really make me rethink this thing. Because Hayao Miyazaki retired in 2013. Mm-hmm. He said he was done. And now I'm presuming that what he did after you told me that his father was also an engineer is that he made this ode to his father and said, that's it. Yeah. My work here is done. And retired. So not only was his father an engineer on the Japanese Zero in World War II, he was in a bombing in World War II when he was three years old. Mm. He like experienced war like firsthand and grew up during the Reconstruction period of Japan. And I think that like that Reconstruction actually had a lot more influence on him than the war. Sure. Because he was so young, he was three years old when he was. He he lived. I knew he grew up in Tokyo, and he was in the bombing of. I'm not. I I I don't know. It's a Japanese city. Mm -hmm. Um. And, like, he says that's his early memory. I watched an interview with him. Like, that's his early memory was, like, watching the sky, like, on fire. Like, yeah. um, there was, like, 150, like, U.S., like, bombers that dropped, like, 200 tons of bombs on his city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, the war and, like, the horrors of war was, like, all he could draw when he said when he was a kid. And so, like, that's why there's so many, like, this aerospace kind of theme throughout all of his, a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that that movie was, yes, a kind of an ode to his father, an ode to this kind of era, right, this World War II. But then I think a lot of his movies have a lot of heart 
a lot of hope. Absolutely. A lot of, and I think that that comes from this period post-World War II Japan when they saw this economic boom and they've become this very wealthy, peaceful, but yet like powerful and advanced nation. See, and the wind, ri- the wind rises has all of those elements. It's just it romanticizes the grind of being an engineer mm-hmm. and trying to find out what's going to be the next best design. Um, I bet my dad would love putting this. <laughs> in long hours, but then it's also like a love story, you know, sure. and then like what the relation, like how the relationship changes, and then what what his planes are used for, which is another piece of it. But I just I just found it to be a little bit long. <laughs> how long is it? I don't know. Okay. It, but it's just, it's just a lot long. of scenes of planes flying and like that sounds great. And, uh. and, and you know, it's it's all about the wind, you know, and how to get the proper sort of balance and like how the how the, the wings cut the wind and you know, some interesting designs. That is like, a very okay. And I don't want to speak out of turn here, but or like I I don't want to speak for a culture that I'm not a part of. Okay. But I believe that that is kind of a very Japanese thing is like kind of this repetition and this focusing on like honing a craft or a skill. Okay. Um, And I think that like maybe that didn't resonate well with American audiences as it would with a Japanese audience. Could be. I I I I don't know. I have no other hot take. I mean, it could be. I don't know. I haven't done. I haven't yeah. seen the research. Um. So yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. But yeah. Anyway, do you have anything else to say about Miyazaki before we go to break? Well, here's the thing. So I will say just a couple things. Uh, I just want to give you. So I skipped over all of these. For example, after Spirited Away, in between Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle, he made four short films. Yeah. Um, no, he is three were released. Prolific. Three were released in 2002. That includes, so here are the names of the movies. Whale Hunt. Okay. Which I, I've tried to look these up and I can't even find any, like at least a trailer or anything. Sure. Uh, Koro's Big Day Out, May and the Kitten Bus, and Imaginary Flying Machines. Wow. Which I'm guessing, you know, given probably... your interest, Imaginary Flying Machines could be nice. Yeah. And then he made Howl's Moving Castle. And then there were three other short films all in 2006. That's crazy. Mon Mon the Water Spider. <laughs> That's Which sounds amazing. awesome. House Hunting, which doesn't sound HGTV? Exciting. I don't know. <laughs> he was just on the HGTV show, uh, House Hunters? The Day I Bought a Star. Okay. <clears throat> then he makes Ponyo, and then in between Ponyo and The Wind Rises, which oh. is from 2008 to 2013, in 2010 he releases Mr. Doe and the Egg Princess. Oh, <laughs> I think I've heard of this. Yeah, I have not. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be really like beautiful. Like It's supposed to be like a watercolor painting. I could be wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Uh, and here's the only other thing I'll say is that we said that Miyazaki retired in 2013, but he has come out of retirement Uh-oh. and is wor- currently working on production for another feature film. So we're going to go to... We're going to go to Emergent Culture. Emergent Culture. And we're going to deal with How Do You Live? All right. And we are back. So we're back. We're back. As I mentioned before, we went to break. Um, Hayao Miyazaki has come out of retirement. He is now working in. He's in production on a new feature film called How Do You Live? And um, this is really sweet. And so we. Anyways, there's no trailer yet. There's there's no no trailer. 
But we know that it's based on this novel, and so we had to look it up to see what it's about. And Joe, do you want to yeah. read what it's about? Um, so How Do You Live is a 1937 novel by uh, Yoshinzo Ga- uh, Genzaburo. It follows a 15-year-old boy named Jinchi, uh, nicknamed Kopel, and his uncle as as the youth deals with supernatural gr- or spiritual growth, poverty, and the overall experience of human beings. That sounds very heartfelt. And yeah. the other th- reason it sounds heartfelt, and this wraps into our discussion of how do you live, you told me that how, or I'm sorry, you told me that The Wind Rises was sort of this it seemed like an ode to his, his father. Father, I would assume. I'm not uh, there's nothing saying that. And it, at it least probably is. <laughs> yeah, and at least according and then he's like I'm retiring, but now according to the Wikipedia page, um, or there's actually a source there. But anyways, uh, it says that he's come out of retirement to make this film for his grandson. And th- do you want me to read the quote? Read the quote, because it's bring the house down. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah, we got to take a minute. It says, Grandpa is moving on to the next world soon, but he's leaving this film behind because he loves you. Shed your tears, listeners. It's very sweet. <laughs> it's going to be... That's so, very sweet. I did look into the production schedule, and so it's in production right now. Um, the goal is to have this released before the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Yeah. Um, so they're projecting out potentially 2019, 2020, but some have also said that it may not be done until like 2021. Okay. So let's see what happens. I'm, I hope this comes out soon. This sounds like a really... Like this sounds like very like a very heart wrenching film. Yeah, it sounds like it's gonna be beautiful. Yeah, I, I would imagine. You know, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that's uh, that's our discussion of Miyazaki. You got anything else on Miyazaki? Uh, I had something, but I forgot about it. So, <laughs> actually, one, one thing I do want to just circle back to real quick is you mentioned um, we were gonna talk about the little uh, oh yeah spirits and Princess uh, Mononoke, the, the uh, clicking heads. Uh, the um, I forget what they're called. Yeah, I should know. I read that book. Um. So, anyway. anyways, <laughs> yes, um, they play a major role in Shintoism, um, uh, just okay. in terms of like each one is like a tree or a, it's a living thing. It's it, it's kind of a representation of a tree or a flower or whatever, and they're not. It it, it it's kind of the cartoon manifestation of that, right? So uh, that's kind of what they represent. They live all over the forest. Um, yeah. they're pre- very prevalent in Japanese culture. So mm-hmm. nice. All right. Well, that's what we got. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> Go watch some Miyazaki films, even if you're an adult. If you yeah. haven't seen them, and even if you've seen them, go rewatch them because they're just—they're a joy. If you haven't been back to them for a while, like it's let just me fun know. Someone tweet at us or email us or put put on our Facebook page what you think of the ending of Porco Rosso. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm still yeah. really mad about it. Okay, <laughs> so it, I just—I just wanted it to be like a cool dog fight, and it was just a boxing. Match. Okay, <laughs> so whatever. I'm done with. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm not, but it's fine. All right. Uh, anyway, this has been Residual Culture. Well, this has been Residual Culture, but we have to talk about what's coming up next week. Oh, yeah. What are we doing next week? Well, next so week, we've got a guest. It's going to be a departure from Miyazaki for sure. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. So next week, we are welcoming in uh, special guest Holly Hutchings. Yeah, she's great. Uh, and she's going to join us to... This is a topic she actually ca- came up with, right? Yeah, yeah. She, we, I was talking to her one day. And... Yeah, and she's like, hey, what about this? And we are going to be talking next week about infomercials. Infomercials. Very different than Miyazaki. <laughs> Yeah, and so I think we think that you're going to appreciate the episode next week. It's, yeah, we hope it's, so. It's a lot of fun. We've actually uh, recorded it, and we're ready to go. Yeah, all right. So. All right, so this has been Residual Culture. You can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Mostly those two. 
mostly those two. Yeah. You can also you can also support the podcast on Patreon, get access to all sorts of special stuff like bonus content that we recorded before e- we record before each episode. Yes, the music in today's episode was Finder by our friends of the podcast, People with Bodies. Absolutely. This has been Residual Culture. I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I'm Joey Lovato. Get into it. Get into it.